We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Time to talk about what we are thankful for in fantasy football in the 2022 season. Sean, we did a show earlier this week. We talked about injuries. We had a, a lot of things that we're not thankful for, but we're going to talk today very happily about the things that we are thankful for in what has been a difficult season from scoring perspective in the NFL in general and fantasy football with the injuries and everything else that has been mixed in between. But this is going to be a fun one to do. Really looking forward to it. But what we have to start off by doing is wishing happy thanksgiving to all those who do celebrate the occasion and i'm sure our listeners who maybe even don't celebrate thanksgiving are excited for the the thanksgiving matchups that are going to come up we get that extra thursday kind of trio of games where more action coming your way on a, a thursday than we would usually expect so always a fun time um for everybody but sean i'll start off by wishing the listeners a happy thanksgiving and a, a happy thanksgiving to you as well well thank you colin and we have obviously listeners from all over the globe and Wishing everyone both a happy Thanksgiving, but then also just good fortune wherever you are and whatever the situation. And however your individual community celebrates either at this time or at other times on the calendar, there's never a bad time to express gratefulness. And I'm excited for the show because I do feel very grateful to be able to work with you and, and do the overtime podcast to be able to work in the fantasy industry and have this combination of a game that I love, a contest that I love, and then being able to write, being able to talk and interact. And it's really the community element of it that just makes it so precious. And so excited for this. You mentioned the previous show. We tend to have a pretty upbeat we try. outlook on things at overtime. <laughs> Because you should. I mean, this is for fun, and optimism tends to be very powerful as well as a tool for creating future success. That said, there are going to be times where it makes sense to have a little bit <laughs> of a cathartic gathering or what have you. The previous show, hopefully accomplishing a little bit of that, 2022 has been rife with the types of i wouldn't say targeted obviously not targeted but i look at my portfolio in the highest exposures and you can just go injury 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 across that it does make it a little bit less fun because your teams are not as explosive and your scores are not as high 
So we did that in the previous show. And I know there are other listeners who are experiencing similar things. Hopefully there's a cathartic element for you as well. But today is about all the amazing things about football, about fantasy football, about friendship. Colin, I love having been able to do this show over the years. I love our experiences last year with the teams in the best ball tournament. I love this year having some specific really cool hits still. And one of the things that I wanted to focus on, I've got a list here of some of the player-specific things that I'm really thankful for. We'll see kind of where that evolves and what it goes to. But just right off the bat, I'm thankful for the superstar wide receivers, right? Blair Andrews had a really cool piece in his One Big Thing article. And if you're not reading that, you absolutely must. Blair does something cool with that every week. Talked about how the age or the era of the star receiver is just getting started. Looking at some of these guys with the 30 plus target shares, we concluded our previous show by heaping praise on Devontae Adams, who was at a 32% target share in 2022. But we now have an environment in which drafting wide receiver in round one is a very viable approach You could argue that if you are not taking a wide receiver in round one, you're opening yourself up to a ton of risk. If you want to include Travis Kelsey, which I haven't for this, but include Travis Kelsey in that group, uh, a receiving weapon who is clearly a round one pick, you could do that. But Colin, the numbers here on these guys are astonishing. And it's kind of crazy, not only that they have done it in the past, but they're doing it again this year. The top five guys, Devonta Adams, Cooper Cup, Tyree Kill, Stephon Diggs, and Justin Jefferson – They're the top five in 2022, but also when you look back over the last three seasons, these guys are now over 800 points, and the next receiver below them isn't even close to 700. The consistency and the upside that these five guys bring, and I know that there was a lot of controversy in the draft season about, you know, can Cup do it again? Can Adams do it on a different team with a quarterback most people believed probably accurately, although both guys have been a little disappointing this year, probably a big downgrade at quarterback. Can Tyreek Hill do it when he's leaving Patrick Mahomes? Can Stephon Diggs show that his 2021, which was a disappointment to all of us, I mean, I don't think there's any show or website or group of people who are more excited about Stefan Diggs than we are. And that led to a 2021 season where probably there weren't too many folks out there who are more disappointed. It was still a good season, but he had looked like a guy who was not just like this poor man's Antonio Brown, but Antonio Brown. And in the Bills juggernaut, would he be able to bounce back? And then Justin Jefferson, not, not a lot of concerns actually about him, which is why He would often jump cup at the end when there were these questions about Matthew Stafford's elbow. In the end, the answer on all five guys was draft them. Yeah, and what I have to say about these guys is obviously part of this is their consistency over the last kind of two to three seasons is based on the fact that they are experienced in the NFL, have been able to build up those point totals that you mentioned, even if it is at an astonishing rate. Outside of Justin Jefferson, these guys are all tenured NFL players. What's interesting as well is 
we have three of these guys obviously we you, you know it's, and i think this still stands true for any wide receivers who are not in that elite tier we talked recently about dynasty and the wide receiver window with older players being able to put up these numbers but we look at Devonte adams we look at tyree kill we look at stefan diggs they have all moved rosters over the last couple of seasons the question marks with adams and hell heading into the season were both that they had moved and there's obviously the skepticism with them changing rosters and how that would work out then we had the videos obviously coming out of you know two and how those kind of balls didn't look like they were traveling perfectly well we look back now and we just say like Tyreek Hill in this spot he's actually the youngest out of those four wide receivers in Adams Cups Cup digs and Hill and he just looks set up in a, a fantastic situation in Miami at this current moment in time and it is just amazing to think that we have these guys and then you have kind of the generation coming back coming through after that and I guess that generation is obviously led by Justin Jefferson but you know unfortunately at the minute we have Jamar Chase out but he hopefully will be back in the next week or two you have names like that that maybe can start to move towards this over the next two to three seasons and to start to put up these numbers but the the numbers of these five guys are, are staggering and any team sean what i'm thinking looking at this list is cooper cup and obviously justin jefferson were going in the very early portions of those rounds but there's a couple of these guys and particularly you could have paired most of these guys at any point of that second round with tyreek hill and those teams that maybe have a Devonte adams tyreek hill or a stefan diggs Devonte adams you know those teams are just <laughs> if they haven't been decimated by injuries like other rosters have and i joked with sean before we recorded earlier this week that the team that wins the the bbm tree is probably just going to be the team that has the most healthy players still remaining on it but any roster set up with with two of these five guys is in an exciting spot at this moment in time but yeah first round wide receivers and obviously we can slot hell should be a first wide receiver but was going in the late second at time sean he may be the biggest steal of fantasy drafts in, in 2022. He might be. Devontae Adams now, after the last couple of weeks, back in the mix. Ben and I did our midseason projection for the 2023 first round, first and second rounds. And I have Jefferson Cup Hill as the 2 3 4. Now, this is prior to the Cup injury. Diggs at 109 and Adams in the first half of the second round. We kind of joked at the end of the previous show that there could be some big changes with the Raiders, but it almost doesn't matter at this point. It looks like Adams is going to climb back up and be in that first round. All of these guys, just such solid performers. Do you think that we could get three of them in the first five picks next season? this is something we talked about kind of towards the end of last season and i thought that we would still see running backs get drafted in those spots and it kind of turned out to be that way even though we had cup and jefferson really nipping at the heels we still had you know we had taylor we had christian mccaffrey obviously austin eckler's mixed in there with derrick henry who actually slid quite out of that conversation but there was still a lot of running backs going in that first round so what did you say there sean three of how many spots yeah, do you think you could have three in the top five? The other player I had there. And I don't. I don't think we'll see three were. in the top five. I think in terms of consensus ADP, I think we won't see that. I think we should see that, but I don't think we will see that. Well, I think that we would have if Cup hadn't gotten hurt. So now the question is: Can Diggs or Adams play so well down the stretch that they would replace him, and he'll probably go to the one-two turn area as people grapple with? 
The only thing with Cup that I would say is the injury that he has is something that he could potentially return from this season. I don't think he will. I think he'll be shut down. But we look at the likes of Christian McCaffrey, who was the 102 this year. You know, I think that we could think of Cup in a very similar way to that, that he has those years of performance banked in and that he probably still should be pushed to the front end of the, the first round. And and that may make sense. I wouldn't be surprised considering the scoring level and the lack of, we would say the lack of maybe a, a similar red flag. The one that is interesting to me there is that we had Derek Henry come back at the end of last season and then really drop in this year's drafts to where he's a one-two turn guy in a couple of leagues, even fell into the second half of the round two that I personally drafted in some experts drafts. So, I mean, not weak drafts in any way, shape, or form. The issue with Henry, we'll get to in a second. He's actually one of the next things that I'm thankful for. But it's interesting to watch how the age and the injury concerns are moving some of the prices here. I think that the other element that this kind of raises for us when you look at the production that we're having, and not just from these three, but even more specifically from Travis Kelsey with the epic season this year, you look at the level of these players, and you can say this in the past, and the problem is that it just takes really one thing to knock a guy down when you get to this age it's harder to recover you don't get the same workload when you come back it's such a, a small margin and a thin line for the superstars to separate themselves from the rest of nfl players because those other nfl players are amazing as well but one of the things i think we have to be very thankful for in 2022 is that despite all these other things that are happening and the lack of scoring and the lack, the relative lack of production from say rounds three through forever that you are getting scoring from the stars and at ages where there were questions. So you go through this decade really from 2010 to 2020 where the stars simply don't age well. And yet you can go back 2000 to 2010 a much better environment for older players you're limited in terms of the number of individual stars you're dealing with in any time period and so it can be tricky to know if what happened to superstars in the 2010s is a result of an evolution in the sport maybe some changes and things that are going on behind the scenes you have a big change in some other sports as well in terms of the way players are aging and how performance is going deeper in careers. Although in some ways you have some real contrasts where you can look at something like baseball, where the general production of players after 30 has plummeted. Contrast that with what we're seeing from the three greatest tennis players in history and their dominance in their thirties being the thing that has made them the greatest players of all time. And you look at Novak Djokovic, you look at Rafael Nadal, you look at Roger Federer, and you have to ask the question, if these guys can do it in a one-on-one -on -one sport where there is nowhere to hide, you there's, there's no element of we maximize the strengths with the play calling and hide the weaknesses. Now they're going out there and they're trying to do that tactically, but you're out there by yourself. There's no way to hide it. And 
the guys in that 20 to 30 age group are unbelievable, right? So it's not a matter of a lack of talent or some talent vacuum in the 20 to 30 range for those players. If these guys can do it in an individual sport, if Travis Kelsey can do it as he moves into his mid-30s, what are we going to see from some of the rest of these guys? In the previous show, I criticized the prevalence of soft tissue injuries in football. And at the same time, I think you have to also be open to the idea that we might see bigger performances from this group of receivers as they hit 30. And we're also seeing some pretty solid production from running backs in their late 20s, something that was more the case back in that 2000 to 2010 time period. And speaking of running backs, Sean, that are are making continued waves, I guess we can say, one of the, both of these guys have been dramatic in terms of how good they have been over the, the last number of years. One of them being Derrick Henry, the other being Nick Chubb, two of the run-heavy running backs that you mentioned that you are thankful for. And again, you mentioned Derrick Henry and his slide this year. Another great value, Nick Chubb, was often going in the early third round in some of those drafts. It will be interesting to see the reference you made to Cup versus Henry, and I mentioned the other option is potentially Christian McCaffrey, the version. It'll be interesting to see which way he goes, because if Matthew Stafford continues to look the way he has for the rest of the season, maybe that also comes into another question mark, because that was one of the reasons that we've seen Cup slide below Jefferson this year was the injury that, at that point in terms of throwing, that uh, Stafford was dealing with. But Sean, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, they are not our typical guys to to target, but those points this year where the value just proved to be too much. But run heavy running backs and Sean Siegel giving thanks. Let let's hear the the reasons. Yeah, they're just too good not to be, to be thankful for. <laughs> they're just too good, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to get to watch them play. I'm thankful for the reminder that everything isn't numbers. And that's not something that we need reminding of necessarily. I think that our show and Ceiling Bananas are are two of the shows that really push back against this idea that everything is going to be determined by algorithms. Now we believe in those things very heavily, right? And our tactics are built on an evidence-based approach. But I think if you don't also open yourself up to embrace people who break the mold then it's a lesser experience. And so I just, I think the magic of these run heavy guys. So number one, getting to see them play has been extraordinary. Number two, I just think it's so cool what they have done. They deserve credit for it. And number three, I think you can argue that we need, I mean, fantasy football has gotten more efficient in the last five years. We need some performances like this in order to encourage drafters to maybe make some mistakes, right? One of the things I would say about 2022 is that, you need a season like this big picture every so often to keep these loopholes available. One of the brilliant things about 2016 coming on the heels of the running back apocalypse, you had the running back renaissance of the running back rebirth. And as a result, people drafted poorly for the next five years, more or less. 2022 could have some of those elements. But Derrick Henry, the last four years, after 21 points per game, and doesn't bring a receiving element. How cool is that? I mean, just how astonishing and magnificent. During that same stretch, Chubb averaging almost five and a half yards per carry. So you've got the RB2 and the RB4 in this season as guys who don't bring that and yet can still score at that level. I'm just thankful for 
amazing human performances. Thankful for the opportunity to watch ridiculous talent. And Colin, as you mentioned, we actually have some shares this year because these guys simply got too inexpensive. It's sort of hilarious. A, a handful of my, our, and then some other co-managed teams, a handful of the Superflex best ball rosters in the FFPC. And that was such a fun contest to play in this year. I'm, I'm thankful for that. But those teams are propped up by some of these big Derek Henry games where we don't even have really a second QB yet. And so you're having to play running backs and wide receivers in the super flex. If they make it through, and there are a lot of them that are right there, if we get a Sam Howell, if we get a Desmond Ritter, if we get continued performance by Geno Smith or Marcus Mariota in some cases, if we get a breakout from Kenny Pickett, Colin, we took some risks and played some of these super flex leagues in a fun risks, way. So. <laughs> yeah, because the, I mean, one of the great things about the contest is that at $35, I mean, that's still, a, you know, multiple meals. <laughs> so not saying that's free by any stretch, but that price point allows you to experiment and have some fun. We did that. Having Derrick Henry in there on some of those leagues where he's dropping deep into drafts, I'm excited to see where it ends up. Yeah, it's super. It's it's really fun, and and Henry. I remember at the Fantasy Football Expo when I went over to to Canton talking to one of our listeners, Frank Duffy, as we walked around the the Hall of Fame doing the tour over there. And I was like, at this point, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I, I'm at this point, I'm I'm touting Derek Henry. I'm telling people to draft Derek Henry. It's like I, I don't know what to do with myself, but thankfully it's working out, and it, it felt so right. And for years, Sean, we we faded Henry at as you know one hundred four, one hundred five, one hundred six, but. He, he he continues to be dominant the, the fun thing about derrick henry you mentioned in the last show Devonte adams's performance last week you know the broncos know what's coming they know what's coming they know it's adams they know it's adams there's nothing they can do when you watch some of these derrick henry games over the last couple of years where you know it's you know there's two wide receivers out there they don't don't intend to pass it he runs it he runs it then you get to the third quarter and he's just you know busting off these big runs for touchdowns just a, incredible to, to watch over the last couple of years but sean the next one is the one and he's like you know if it comes right down to it and they know what's coming i can always throw that tim tebow touchdown pass too we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. 
Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. Sean, the next one that we're going to hit on here, and this is this is no surprise to the listeners. This is the type of running back that, that we love. It is the, the little guy. And this one is going to be the guys I think we're most thankful for. Usually fill in those zero running back rosters a little bit later if we can. These are the guys that are going in the early rounds, but they are going to be our guys that we're going to talk about here as the win bet players of the day. They are the ones that we are most thankful for. But you can sign up to win bet today, receive a special sports offer. You can bet $100, win $100, and download the win bet app or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Sean, the small guys, and the one on this list. There's two on this list actually that kind of graduated from that, you know, the zero RB list to become the absolute superstars. Austin Eckler leads the way again this season in this category. We have Christian McCaffrey, we have Aaron Jones, who you also have in brackets here, Jamal Charles. So uh, that that's high praise. So we'll get some of your thoughts on it. But Austin Eckler, these are you can almost give a you know a, a lifetime achievement or a, a career achievement award. He is somebody who graduated from the zero RB list and continued to to you know ascend and ascend and descend until he was no longer able to be denied that kind of running back one status and we've seen some huge games from him this year we've seen christian mccaffrey have a difficult situation to start the year with the carolina panthers we see him get that trade and have some massive games already with the 49ers and then aaron jones who when he gets the ball enough i think is sometimes the issue that we do want to see running backs running all the time but we want to see aaron jones get those balls out in space and and he can be just so electric to watch so the little back i think is our is our favorite type of running back here on ot it is and i am thankful that we have some running backs who catch passes some running backs who are willing to run to daylight i do have jamal charles in parentheses there because because every time that i'm thankful for anything related to fantasy football i'm thankful for jamal charles it doesn't matter how long he's been retired for if we're giving thanks i'm thankful for jamal charles I have these, these three names are, are kind of funny. I was looking through one of the dynasty rosters today, trying to figure out obviously how to do some start sets early in the week. And that team has Austin Eckler, has Christian McCaffrey, has Aaron Jones, more or less because other managers in the league haven't been willing to take my trades for them. We talk a lot about perpetual reloading, and every once in a while, there'll be situations that you just are, are more or less grateful for trades that were not accepted. Because having those guys now to have Eckler up there at the top of the leaderboard again, I've been a little bit skeptical of him being able to sustain that. So, you know, if there's frustration, it's been that I haven't been as on Eckler over these last couple of years as I was on him when he was breaking out and when he was the sidekick to Melvin Gordon. But I love to see him doing this. And I hope that we're going to get more teams embracing this you could argue that's what the Kansas City Chiefs tried to do with Clyde Edwards Alaire and why they made the massive gaffe to select him instead of Jonathan Taylor something that we have kind of beaten to death but you think about that they could have gone with J.K. Dobbins they could have gone with DeAndre Swift smaller backs that would have accomplished the same thing so I think the idea in some ways was at least correct Christian McCaffrey somebody who's still on a lot of those dynasty rosters loved him as a rookie when there was skepticism about his size profile on how that would work would he get enough carries and then again before his massive breakout performance in year two and then that kind of leads us into some of the smaller guys now where we talked a lot about tony pollard on the previous show 
his emergence this season has been really cool. And then, Colin, the next thing that I am thankful for is breakout running back performances. 2022 has had some peaks and valleys, but it follows the pattern in that young running backs become superstars. Obviously, the sad part is that we lose Brees Hall, but Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne, when you look through the lineups and you see both of those guys ready to be plugged in and you think about what you paid for them, those teams now look like they're ready to go win fantasy titles, to go compete for fantasy tournament championships. I'm thankful for breakout running backs, for young performances, and just for the opportunity to watch players like Travis Etienne and Kenneth Walker run the football. Yeah, and when we look at it, you know, pairing all this together, Sean, there is a lot of teams that you could easily have some of the elite running backs we mentioned some of the elite wide receivers and then they can be paired up with some of these guys particularly if you're looking at kenneth walker stevenson or pollard who were going between kind of rounds seven to 11 depending on when you were drafting obviously stevenson and pollard were going higher than walker and specifically when walker had his um issue with the hernia situation so you could have like there's listeners definitely listening in that are have some of these guys combined on those rosters which are in for an exciting end of the season hopefully getting some championships and hopefully if they're in some of those best ball tournaments for example they're they're hitting those big prizes but edn has been has been so much fun Brees hall obviously is the unfortunate situation there. i've been really impressed with Ramondre stevenson in terms of how he has been able to continue to develop the hope was that he would get more passing work he has continued to get passing work he has looked great doing so He's the RB7 over the last five games. Tony Pollard running back two. Obviously a massive week for him in NFL week 11. He did have, both of these guys have been a bit for, fortunate where the other running back has missed some games, but they have really shown their best foot forward and, and hopefully that leads to them getting continued work down the stretch for those teams. Sean, I mentioned earlier that Tyreek Hill may have been the, the steal of NFL drafts based on where he was going earlier. The year two wide receivers, there's another name here who could potentially be the, the state of 22, 2022 drafts, and, and he also plays on the same team as Tyreek Hill. He does, and you are, of course, speaking of Jalen Waddell. He was our other sort of most heavily drafted player. So the guys that you end up with the very, very highest exposure to tend to be players who are cheap enough <laughs> that you end up Number one, you can take them all the time if you want. And number two, if you end up overweight, you're not as worried about it. Now, I talked in the last show that when you lose Wondell Robinson and you lose Rondell Moore, and those guys were extremely high exposure players, it, it's not irrelevant. It still hurts you, obviously, when those guys go out. But in terms of an early player, someone drafted in the first five rounds, Waddle was the guy we had the most exposure to in main events. He's the player that we said draft ahead of Michael Pittman and... He's been a hit. That doesn't mean that it was guaranteed. You have situations in which these things don't completely pan out. But the previous year, very high on T. Higgins, even with Jamar Chase in place. This year, very high on Jalen Waddle, even with Tyreek Hill in place. It seemed like Waddle would need to overcome Hill, at least to an extent. That he would need to be the wide receiver one with a quarterback like Tua pulling the trigger but he had the talent to do that. When you look at his prospect profile, when you look at what he did as a rookie, again, in a very bad offense, right? So it wasn't a situation where he was being given things in order to pad those numbers. You can say, well, they didn't have anybody else, so they targeted him at you know 
a target depth and with a lot of these one and two yard passes that maybe that does pad the numbers, but you still have to have the ability to come through, get open, catch those passes and to be a foundation piece for an offense that doesn't have anything else. He was that. And now you get McDaniel coming in there being really the breakout head coach of the year. So I guess we should be thankful for what the Dolphins have done from a hiring perspective. We know that there are folks in the Dolphins analytics department who are fantastic at their jobs. The Dolphins here with Hill and Waddle, what actually happened was the Tua exploded and both of these guys have become superstars. Jalen Waddle, not inexpensive, right? Not inexpensive, but a year two guy who shows that even players drafted in that 3-4 turn, and we thought he should be more or less an early third round pick. I have some early drafts where I took him there. He ends up going at the 3-4 turn, even some drafts in that one little window where he's actually available late in the fourth. He's fifth in yards, the overall wide receiver six. Yeah, no, he just looks fantastic. The other thing I was going to mention, you mentioned Tua and his explosion and to see him and how he's interacting with that coaching staff, you know, and how, how much respect they have for each other. I think it's been interesting to see this year some of the different ways that coaching staff interact with their players. Some are more, you know, able to be approached. Some are very standoffish. And I thought that was interesting. And I don't think there's any doubt that the combination of, him working with those coaches has helped unlock that talent because they're trying to get the best out of his skill sets the best out of the wide receiver skill sets and that's what's been so fantastic to watch with the miami dolphins this year i'm on ross st brown as well another player who has looked fantastic unfortunately there has been those couple of weeks where there was downtime there was injuries there was parts of games missed with those injuries but when he has been healthy this season sean he has been a a real breakout as well and i'm hoping to see that continue here in the absence of of tj hawkinson but also what i'm hoping and i will be thankful for when we see him on the field is i'm hoping that we see jameson williams back out there soon so detroit will be will be pretty fun again they should be the absence of hawkinson does knock them down but amon Ra, you pair him up with williams it should be great we put amon Ra on the list we're, we're thankful for him he's another example his season another one of those impacted by injuries in an unfortunate way but if you were able to get him through if you built a power team that is now in contention whereas most amon Ra teams will have been knocked down by was a, a fairly lengthy absence and then comes back and doesn't do what you need so might have had him in the games not scoring points for you that also problematic he looks ready again he was the big tournament winner down the stretch in 2021 at the wide receiver position possible that he can be again in 2022 yeah he could, could really be and sean i can't let this slide by without saying that uh, i'm thankful for devon singletary um you know i get a lot of uh, messages anytime something good happens with singletary thankfully that's been a lot over the, the last couple of weeks so uh he he's doing my team's good at the moment and i'm also thankful for for zero rb i'm sure the listeners are all thankful to sean for what he has done on the on the the strategy and sharing the information with us particularly on the podcast and of course on rotaviz.com over the last sean hard to believe this at now approaching 10 years uh, so we're, we're closing in on that landmark but i also want to say very thankful to have done which is also crazy over 500 podcast episodes with sean uh, always always a fun time as we work through fascinating different scheduling times and things like that and and uh, always a fun time recording so 
really appreciate being able to do this with you. But Sean, the final thing again is to, to thank the listeners for tuning in. Thank you for being with us on this journey. Hopefully your teams are, are heading to those championships. As I mentioned, Sean, anything before we wish luck in week 12? Hard to believe we're into week 12 of the NFL season at this point, but any final words for the audience? Just, again, gratefulness at being able to do this. Thank you for all the listeners. The contest that we ran in the preseason went extremely well. I've had a great time co-managing those teams with the winners. They have been a lot of fun and have been great selections as the winners, but there would have been so many other potential options as well. We just thank you guys so much. I love doing the show with you, Colm. It's been a real gift also to be able to do Stealing Bananas with Ben Gretsch. As I was thinking about this earlier today and the fact that it has been 10 years, I'm thankful for the fantasy douche and his work really revolutionizing fantasy football, but starting up the site and being a mentor to so many people. We still are very grateful to everything that he did. And then all of the folks on the site right now, they do such a fantastic job, have made the site better and better every single year. You have Dave Cabin and Blair Andrews were both working behind the scenes on tools and editing, but also putting out great articles all the time. You have Anthony Shook doing an amazing job with the back end and the tools. You have Curtis doing so much of the great work with the publicity. You have so many writers, both the current writers and folks like Michael Dubner and Connor O'Driscoll, who put out astonishingly good work this season with all of the best ball workshops, all of the guys doing the in-season content, the new wave of writers, and then all of the writers from the past and the great friendships and relationships. You, know, you look at so many of the folks out there who are leading big sites or podcasts or projects or working for NFL teams and tracing their roots back to Rotoviz. And that's just so, so cool. You have Bjorn Yang Barnett doing the waiver report every week. And Bjorn has done some pretty amazing stuff in the offseason too. I think that he is a future star. We have Neil Dutton, our tight end, tight guru, end guru, who has been with us for so long and is, if I'm not mistaken, call him, he is, is it? He's probably the closest to me. In he's, US, he, he's, in, uh, he, he's in the UK. So we love Neil. And, and again, just many, many names in addition to all of those. Too many to list them all, but it has been such a fun experience working with everybody. I'm grateful for all of that, grateful for the experience. And as you mentioned, I mean, 500 episodes of Road of His Overtime, this has been an absolute blast. Yeah, it's been awesome. And Sean, you mentioned a lot of things there that go on behind the scenes too. And I guess we're thankful to the entire team for for making everything tick, both on the site and the podcast network, because you know we have pretty much two shows every single day of the week on the, the podcast network. That doesn't go without the entire podcast team from the likes of the Dynasty Tradecast to the flagship show with David Curtis, who you already mentioned, the college football stuff, just so much great stuff each and every each and every day, pretty much on the on the, the podcast network and uh, thankful for all of that. So really do appreciate it. And thanks to everyone who listened in again to today's episode. Have a good Thanksgiving. Have a good NFL Week 12. Go get those W's and, and let's head towards those fantasy championships. And until we are back with our reaction show, on Sunday, recapping NFL Week 12. 
have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with this country, the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh, oh.